1: Hello everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Betting Chicago. My name is Joey Christopoulos. Today's episode is brought to you by betonline.ag and the Super Bowl. It's right around the corner the championship weekend. It's only a couple days away. And if you're looking for a place to bet on any of the sports that's going on right now, betonline.ag is the best and only place to lock it in. They got game spreads, totals, team player and coaching bat props, even a live betting app. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always that online casino as well. It never closes. So head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great signup bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for coming back into the pod today. It's championship weekend. The Chicago Bears are not involved, but we do have four very talented teams with some really interesting quarterback storylines coming up this weekend. So, betting Chicago is here to give you all of our favorite props lines and maybe great projections. So, it's time to bring back a guest who's been on here a couple times before. He's a returning champ. He's the host of Believe in New York Football. It is Steven Rodriguez. Hello, Steven. How are you, man? Happy to be
0: back, Joey. Thank you for having me back. I must be doing something right. I didn't know what I've been doing right, but I'm glad to be here and. Uh... Thanks again for having me, man.
1: I love cutting it up with you, man. And maybe towards the tail end, we'll kind of delve into the, uh, without getting too triggered, maybe our uh, New York Giants and our Chicago Bears offseason, what we're going to do, what we could perhaps do to make our team better and get back in the playoffs. We're not going to solve all the answers today, but we're going to try the best we can. Well,
0: at least your team made the playoffs. At least you got that to hang on to. They didn't exactly do anything when they got there, but they made it, and that's all that matters.
1: Hey, next season, let's make it 10 seats. Let's just open it up. Let's just yep. open it up. Let's make it happen. But Let's dive into this weekend's games. Um, I don't know about you. I put a little, uh, put a little money down on a couple of these games. You know, three of the four games hit the under, which is uh, a bit of a surprise on my end. What was your takeaway from this past weekend? Any of the lines kind of maybe didn't go the way that you thought they would. And, you know, just what's your take on the final four?
0: So, Joey, I don't want to toot my own horn here, but people could check me out. I don't normally don't plug the show, but it's Believe in New York Football. We don't have betting in our title, but it's primarily my focus. Um, We've killed it all season long, 63%. I lost the first week of the postseason, 5-6-1. and one. I've tried to bet the entire board, didn't work in my favor. Last week, 4-0 and o in game picks. I saw the board clear as shit. I don't know how. Um, I was a little worried. So I'll I'll get you caught up on just my take with everything. I've been riding with the bills. I've had a future on them since probably late November. I put money on the bucks early into the season as well, both at about 17, 18 and one. So I've pretty much played those teams. Obviously they both won last week Um, and I've been hedging. So I'm doing a lot of things, but really the biggest prize for me was just that the chiefs remained to not cover the Browns plus 10 was so good And they almost won that thing outright. Uh, Obviously, they had that touchdown fumble thing that happened there that could have changed a lot. And, um, you know, the Chiefs ended up fortunate, but now they're very semi-bills this week. So we'll see. We'll see. There's a lot of questions. There's a lot of questions with the Chiefs.
1: Yeah, I hit on the plus 10. I hit on the Browns to cover this weekend, which seemed, you know, that just seemed kind of up there. It's still the playoffs. I know Patrick Mahomes is amazing, but the Browns are also a pretty decent football team as well. Even when Mahomes went out of the game, you still thought that they could be able to cover. I thought the over under of 57 was insane. That didn't really work out. And with the Buffalo Bills, you know, I, I just felt like I kind of put my lot in with all these quarterbacks that got hurt. You know, I thought the Ravens might have been able to sneak one out or at the very least maybe cover and turn it into like, you know, a last second score kind of situation. Also, Patrick Mahomes ended up leaving the game. You know, I thought the Rams could possibly cover. You know, that was maybe possibly in the offing. But then, of course, the Green Bay Packers are just seem to be a bit to be the team to beat until we know patrick mahomes is healthy
0: well and then the other part of that too i mean i love the bills but that game switched on one play too i mean the chiefs browns game switched on that touchdown fumble but a 100 plus yard pick six will probably do it for you i mean that's really tough to recover from uh the steelers and the cardinals in the super bowl infamously had that play the same exact play happened they ended up having to still come back but that is a 14 point swing you know essentially if not 10 so It changed a lot in that game. I was really riding the bills, but out of all the matchups there, I did think the Ravens were most likely to pull the outright upset. I knew that I had a good feeling the Browns would cover the 10 just because I feel like double digit spreads in the playoffs is aggressive. That's a lot of points to cover, especially for a team like the chiefs who hadn't done that all season long, despite them being the best team in football, not a great against the spread team. So I felt good about that, but I was worried about the Ravens there. And that, that pick six was exciting. Uh, that was, that was a really fun to watch.
1: Yeah. You got to put that, that, that goes right in the highlight bin. The only reason why I liked the Ravens was just because, you know, they were averaging, I think they had just put up 191 yards rushing the week before Buffalo gave up 162. I was kind of looking at that and being like, Oh, that could perhaps be pretty close. And then even if you look at that Buccaneer saints game, the over under and that was 52, it landed right on 50. So it's right underneath uh, all those projections. So let's just jump into the weekend here. We're going to take it one game at a time. Let's just talk about the game in general and maybe some lines that you possibly like. We got bucks money line plus plus one fifty seven versus the Packers at minus three. The over-under for that game is 51 points. This is all the numbers that are coming off of betonline.ag Packers over under personal score points is 27.5 Buccaneers 23.5. How are you feeling right now? We're taping this on a Wednesday as of right now, no real injury situations with either of these teams. Antonio Brown got an MRI on his knee. I'm guessing he's probably going to play. So both teams look like they'll have all hands on deck. How are you feeling about this matchup heading into Sunday?
0: So I wanted to tell the people before I started that I had those futures in because I'm kind of at a crossroads this week. I have a team on both sides, and I don't really know how to play it. I, I want to ride with my guys, so I feel good about the Bucks here. But I do have numbers to back it up, bias aside. The Bucks outscored or scored 38 unanswered points back in Week 6 when they played the Packers. That was a weird game though, because the Packers started about as hot as possible up 10, nothing. Everything was humming. Uh, pa- uh, Aaron Rodgers had a rushing touchdown that got called back and everything kind of went downhill after that. Uh, he did like the three hip thrust uh, that they do in key and peel. It was great. It- an infamous moment. I always remembered because things went downhill after that. So the-, the big thing in that game was the fact that the Bucks ran the ball, which is a way to beat the Packers. Uh, you saw with the Vikings and they played Really, really good defense, and they did that last week against the Saints. I thought that would be a difference maker, but I want to take that with a grain of salt because the Packers just look absolutely unguardable right now. Devonte Adams looks unguardable. I really like Aaron Jones. And so, you know, as much as the Bucks these playing well, they didn't necessarily finish the year that way. And I can't really get a read on if Drew Brees just kind of packed it in and threw those picks or if that's really what this Bucks is doing. I'm riding with them, but I have my worries because, quite frankly, I think Aaron Rodgers is just flat out unguardable right now. I don't know how you stop him.
1: Well, Aaron Rodgers just went up against a Los Angeles Rams team with pretty much any metric was either at the top or number one in defensive metrics, stopping the run, pass against quarterbacks, all that stuff, and he just ripped him up pretty good. You made a great point. You know, Ronald Jones did run for 113 yards um against the packers the last time that's going to be a great way to probably get the buccaneers started but again this buccaneers defense they've given up 22 passing touchdowns over their final uh nine regular season games you know they're pretty good against the run but again you know this is Aaron Rodgers that we're talking about and I'm and I uh, what was funny was I went back and cuz the bears played the packers at the end of the season so I started like going back and watching film and being like let's go back to the games the packers lost And I'm not saying that we're going to drop and Xerox the blueprint, but let's just see if we can get a couple crumbs here. And what I did notice in that game is after they got up 10, nothing Tampa Bay started blitzing up the middle. They've got really, they got great speed at the linebacker position. Derek White, who came back last week, had an interception. He looked pretty good. So what they did was they kind of blitzed him up the middle. And for whatever reason, you're like, you can't blitz Rodgers. for whatever reason, that kind of heat made him account for it. And all of a sudden, he started kind of looking for it up the middle. And then they started sneaking backdoor blitzes on him from the side. So it kind of brought his peripheral. It narrowed it a little bit just to the front of the field. I don't know if they're going to be able to replicate that again. There's this whole scenario here where you're like, okay, maybe the Buccaneers can get the run game going and get Ronald Jones going. You know, Gronk had a pretty decent game against the Packers last time. But my question for you is, can the Buccaneers score enough to keep up with this Packers team? That's the question I can't figure out.
0: I think they can, and here's and this this is a very non-analytical sense here, but I'm used to the Packers disappointing in big games. I'm used to it. I'm a Giant fan. I've seen them do it before. Last year, I had Chiefs-Packers, the popular pick for everybody this year. I thought it would be last year. Didn't happen. What happened when they made it to the NFC Championship game? They let up 200 rushing yards and got absolutely blown out at home. So I have my worries about them in big moments, but I don't have worries about Rodgers, but you're right. You're right. I think the key to this game is getting that pressure on Rodgers. Now that's easier said than done. He looks mobile. He's healthy. So he obviously scored a rushing touchdown last week. He can do some things with his legs. He kind of looks spry like he used to, you know, back in the day, he looks in MVP form. He might even win the damn thing, or I think he should win the damn thing this year. So, you know, he'll be able to extend the play and make plays. So that'll put some pressure on that Bucks secondary, but I think they can do it. I, I, I am a big fan of this Bucks front eight. I mean, I love it. I'm envious of it. I mean, when you think about them adding Sue, and they already had Shaq Barrett, who's not even doing what he did last year, and he's just in their back pocket. Devin White's a freak. Levante David. I, and Devin White is a guy i followed since his college days in LSU, and I wanted the Giants to get him a lot. They ended up grabbing the quarterback at six, now Daniel Jones. And the Giants would never draft a linebacker in the first round. Sorry for bringing them up. I can almost, never make, it, I could almost <laughs> never make it through a show without talking about how I get disappointed as a defensive guy uh, in the first round with the Giants. But so I've been a big fan of his. And, you know, he's been very under the radar. I think he's one of the best linebackers in the league. He doesn't get the accolades for it. Still very young. Um, but you saw it last week. Great coverage skill. So here's here's the trick to winning this game for the Bucs, though. You got to make Rodgers make a mistake. And that's where I'm worried. He doesn't do it. He doesn't make mistakes. He threw a pick six. That was the Bucks' first touchdown the last time they played. I don't know if it'll be to that extent. But if you do get those turnovers, you have to turn them into at least touchdowns. I don't think they could turn it into field goals. Last week, they did a very good job at that with the Saints. And I think they're going to have to do it again. Whether they have a pick six or not, I think they are asking for a lot out of that. But you have to make Rodgers make a mistake. I have no idea if he's going to do it in terms of a, um, an interception. But maybe you get a fumble. Maybe you get a bad snap but you got to capitalize on that and then turn it into points cuz if this is a shootout I love Tom Brady but I'm I'm taking Rodgers in a game like that without a doubt
1: yeah I'd love to take you know old Tom terrific I would love to take the go to as well but even last week against the Saints there're still drives where it's just like God, it doesn't feel like that. Him and his receivers are on the same page. You're saying to yourself, "Man, I need a huge Mike Evans game right here." You know, I I, I did. I just remembered too, as well. I believe it was the David Tyree Super Bowl. Didn't you guys beat Favre and the Packers in Lambo? And he threw a bunch of picks, and it was this. It was this huge, shocking uh, victory too, as well.
0: He threw, he threw a pick in overtime as That's well. Right. Favre always did that. But the second Super Bowl run, they beat uh, the Packers in Lambeau as well, and Eli gave. Uh, Rogers, a taste of his own medicine that year. He had the infamous Hail Mary, I believe in Detroit, everyone played it a million times. They hit one to Keem Nicks at halftime. That's when I knew when you hit a Hail Mary, when the giants, thats probably the last Hail Mary they'll ever hit in their, in their organizational history. But when you see that in a postseason game, you're like, all right, I think, I think we got this one. (laughs) We might have things working our way.
1: It's going to happen every week here to four Hail Marys every single week (laughs) over under for the game is 51. How are you feeling over under in this game?
0: I mentioned I was 4-0 game picks, 5-1 and one total. My only loss was a total. I told myself I would not bet totals anymore because I can't figure it out. I want to bet all the unders and then the overs And I want to bet the overs and the unders hit. In the divisional round, I lost out by half a point on a few of these. You talked about how that Saints-Bucks game, I feel like I get a good jump on it, but I can't necessarily get the number on its head. And both of these games, even for the Bills-Chiefs game, you're at or around 50. For this game, I think of the two... If one was more likely to go over, I would say it would be Bucks packers Just because you have certainty with both those teams. There is no uncertainty even, you know, with the Chiefs. There's Mahomes, and I know their offense is explosive. But even in the last time those two played, relatively low scoring. Um, to beat those teams, you're going to have to run the ball. I wouldn't be surprised if Tom and the Bucs get the ball first and try to open it up and attack that uh, Packers secondary. Because the Packers' D isn't a world beater by any means. Uh, I don't they're good. I love Jair Alexander, but they're not again, world beaters and the Bucks have a plethora of weapons and the same thing on the Packers side. I mean, I think they'll just air the shit out of the ball. So, I like the over. I would take the over. It's not my best bet, but you know, if there was one of these two games more likely to hit the over, I would probably put it on this game.
1: Yeah, it's in that tricky place where I think Vegas knows they're gonna make a lot of money on this number this weekend. You know, they're, they're gonna get a 27 to 23 score and they're gonna go,
0: "Thank you very much." I'm with Bell you though. Push, 27, yeah. 24. Like it's a, you know, I don't love the 51. Yeah, it's a, it. It. it's a tough,
1: it's a really tough number. Saints Bucks was 52. They came in at 50, and that was an entertaining game. I am really interested to see. I I do think the Bucs, for them to have success, they are going to, I think, have to score early. They're going to have to get at least a touchdown on the board, at least in that first quarter there, because I think the Packers are going to keep coming. If the Buccaneers want to turn this into a low-scoring game, I think that tilts in the direction of the Packers. So if you are putting money on the Buccaneers, I'm probably saying you might want to start veering a little bit closer to that over, but again, on totals, you know, if you got your plus 157 money line for the Bucs just to win, just take care of that business. Or if you had a bet previous to that, Just take care of business there. Let's hop over to the AFC bills. Money line plus plus one twenty eight. chiefs minus three. As of right now, we're going to get some news probably in the next couple hours, whether Patrick Mahomes is on the field and practicing today. Everything seems to be trending towards the direction right now that he's going to play. Total point score for the game is 53 right now. Let's just start with the obvious and easy question. Do you think Mahomes is going to play?
0: I think he will. Uh, From the news I heard yesterday, he was making huge steps through the concussion protocol, but I'm not hundred percent certain it's all the concussion. So that's what I'm worried about. I think when I look at this game and I've been a big bills guy, like I said, I I put money on them very early on. I had Josh Allen win me multiple fantasy leagues. And I think Josh Allen's the guy in this that people just still overlook. I I think he's still overlooked. He's not going to get the credibility. He'll finish probably third place in the MVP voting, And he's just not going to get the respect because he's not a Mahomes, he's not a Rodgers. But I think he's that good this year. I really, really do. And 100% Josh Allen playing with Diggs the way he is right now in that chemistry against the Mahomes. I love their offense. Best offense in the league. Best team. But I'm just saying 70%, 75% Mahomes, even with his little gallop. I don't know. I like Josh Allen. I like Josh Allen and what he has to do. I want the certainty. I know what I'm getting out of Josh Allen and Diggs. With Mahomes in this team, I don't know. I mean, he was hobbled. I don't know how his foot's gonna be. I think he's gonna suit up, but for me, it's like the concussion's one thing, but what the heck is even going on with, with, with his toe? I know there's a toe injury there. Fascinated
1: to see how the Chiefs attack this game. They played each other in week six you go back and look at that, that was the game when the chiefs took the ball out of Patrick Mahomes hands ostensibly and gave it to, you know, Clyde's Edward Hilaire. He racked up 161 yards and they just ran the ball, ran the ball, ran the ball, ran the ball. And that's how they beat the bills. I'm curious with a banged up Mahomes, Are they going to try and do that again? Is that going to work? And if they do try and do that again, and if they don't quite have the same success, that is a huge advantage for the bills. I'm totally with you in this game. This is Josh Allen's game to win or lose. They only put up 32 rushing yards last week. The whole Zach Moss injury has been a huge, you know, ding to their running game. You know, can you give the ball to Devin Singletary 20 times and, and actually win a football game? Not so sure about that. So this is gonna be in Josh Allen's hands, trying to find Cole Beasley. Stephon Diggs scored a touchdown against the Chiefs in week six. You know, I, I think you might see a little bit of uh, you know, a little bit of knocks at the tight end position.
0: I like Gabriel Davis too. And, you know, not to cut you off, Joey, I just want to jump in. So the reason I love the under is everything you just said. I think you made really, really good points. And not only did Clyde go off, that's how you beat the Bills. And that's something we talked about. You even mentioned it with the Ravens game. You got to attack them through the run game. If that's happening and the Bills are going to try to set up that run game themselves, Again, the total in this game was twenty-six to seventeen the last time they played. It was sloppy, but they wanted to stick to the run game. They came out against the Browns last week, the Chiefs did, and they did the same exact thing. They also hit the under there. 53 points in this. I like the under for the team total of the Chiefs at 28 and a half. I think 28 is probably the mark. I can't really see more than that, especially with Mahomes' concerns. And I would rather the under in this game, just based off everything you said, I think just hearing you say, it, just like confirmed it in my head that I think it's going to be a lot like we saw it in that first meeting. I think both these teams are going to try to run the ball because quite frankly, that's the best way to attack both these defenses. I think the Chiefs have a very good secondary. It's more their in the box stuff that they have issues with. And that's why the Browns are trying to capitalize on that last week with that as well.
1: And it's crazy. I don't think that it's necessarily, like, the biggest issue, but I think it's going way under the radar right now. Is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire going to play? I think that's a huge X factor right now. I mean, Daryl Williams filled in, I thought, pretty admirably last week. He was running hard, but nothing that was, like, beating the edge the way that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire can. Lev Bell was completely non-existent. I mean, what, they maybe target him just one time in that game? So I know Mahomes, everyone's just wondering, can he play? If they play, they're going to be in great shape. But it's kind of an underrated little keep an eye on whether you know edward slayer can be out there because he i think he had his best game as a pro against the bills
0: 166 yards definitely his career high and it's a huge huge factor but i think though you saw that they were reluctant to not give the ball to Lev. they believe in darrell williams he's a system guy he's been there a while they're gonna give him the touches like against the browns too you saw they opened the game doing it and For them, especially if Mahomes is hurt, that's only going to benefit their offense. If they open the game and try to run the ball, you're going to allow Mahomes to have more options in the play-action game if he's limited to the pocket. But that's going to be the biggest thing for me. Can he move? He was hobbled. He was getting more hobbled. He still scored a rushing touchdown. He was still able to expand some plays. That's what we're used to with Mahomes, like we talked about with Rodgers. A spry guy who kind of just sling it and just is unguardable for defenses because he can extend the play. And you can't you can't play defense for five seconds in the secondary. Not when you have Kelsey and Hardman and Hill to all worry about. So if they if he can't do that, it's vital for Darrell Williams to get involved or Lev, whoever they use, because it'll then help them feed off play action, and get those guys more involved downfield without Mahomes having to extend the play and doing all those things with his legs if he's hurt.
1: That's a great point. That's going to be absolutely crucial. The Buffalo Bills, they gave up the six most fantasy points to tight ends this season, and when Kelsey played them in week six, he had 65 yards, but he had two touchdowns, so he found the end zone against them. So that's going to be something that they're going to have to account for. And guess what? Travis Kelsey, he's pretty damn good. So final thoughts on this here. I mean, it seems like you like the Bills – so it sounds like you probably just like the money line. If for whatever reason, you know, Mahomes comes out, he's active. Can you see a scenario where this line gets pushed to like four and a half, five? Or do you think it's probably going to stay right where it is at three?
0: So I think so. I I think it should be adjusted. I, I think it should go up, but it depends. I, I mean, look, Mahomes moves the line. Quarterbacks move lines. But I don't, I can't really get a beat on if this three, like at the most, I could see this going to like four, but I don't really know if it'll go much more. I don't know if they're willing to do that because again, I don't think the bills are a pushover. The chiefs can't really cover. And look, four or five doesn't really matter to me. If you get it over the key number at three in a field goal game like this, I'm fine with it. If this could get up to three and a half, I'll probably take the bills three and a half over the money line. Just so this way I have some room to play with. Like I said, I have a bet on the bills for um, in, in the futures category. So I might as well, you know, just play it a little smarter just in case they lose, take the points, but I could see it going up. I don't know how drastically, but again, anything over this three, I would love the bills here because quite frankly, there's just all that uncertainty. And I just love the bills to keep this a field goal game. And again, I know it's a low number and they have a terrible against the spread, you know, a record because they always have sevens and eights and tens to cover but still not a great against the spread team that's all i want to re- remind people they haven't covered since week 11 against the jets i believe and the spread was like minus 18 so something to keep a note of i believe they're oh nine and one against the spread since then
1: oh wow so, that's something. a great that's a great stat uh final okay. thought. Cool thing about this is no matter what happens I think we're going to get a pretty interesting matchup for the Super Bowl.
0: I would love it so and the reason I actually blindly bet the Bucks I think I might have even bet them before Brady. This was a, an off-season bet but i tend to like to root for teams to host the super bowl because it hasn't happened yet so the bucks would get to host it so it just blindly like okay you know what i mean let's get a home team in the super bowl so you know i, I throw my fun coupons around there and the, you know the free bet deposit um however sometimes it depends how drunk we get so i had some fun with the bucks bet. i thought out the bills so you know i that one i also had some um had some bias in because i think bills mafia deserves a super bowl but Here's the thing with an exciting Super Bowl. For the Bills' sake, if they make it, they gotta win. I
1: Absolutely. I wait. Uh, wait, wait. We grew up, or at least I grew up with the Bills. You know, those were the Jim Kelly Bills. Like they mm-hmm. are, no offense to them, they are the bridesmaid yep. oh, but yeah. never a bride.
0: Exactly. Always a bridesmaid, never a bride. And I as again, I'm a New Yorker. So Buffalo's still in New York. And I you'll never hear a New York guy say New York needs a championship more. So if Buffalo wins, I'm counting it for New York. And <laughs> For their sake and for my sake as just a New York fan, I can't see them make it and lose again. I feel like a part of me is going to crumble. Futures aside, I just can't. For their fan base, it's been, what, now? 25 years or so after losing four straight? You can't wait this long to get back and then lose. I just, I can't do it. I can't do it for them. Yeah. I'm too
1: emotionally invested. Nick's hovering around 500. Come on, guys. Everything's going good. Let's not mess this up right now.
0: So, you no, know, we're Nets fans on this side. We're Nets oh, okay. fans on this side. All or maybe right. We're Jersey, we're taping this, so I'm not sure exactly when you're dropping this, but the big three makes their debut tonight, so that's must see TV. That's against those Cleveland Cavaliers. They should have rolled them, but uh, I'm excited about that. I'm really excited,
1: Mr. About Harden. That. The buffet line is open. Uh, go for Hello. it. No, I'm kidding. He's he's look good. He's look good. So, I, if I'm hearing this correct, it sounds like Bucks, uh, Bucks with the over. Sounds like we got Bills with the under in terms of total points right here. We're going to talk about some Giants and some bears just ask a couple of off season questions about our teams. And we're trying not to bang our heads against the wall, but first got to hit up another one of our sponsors with the new year comes tons of new big games and sports with big games. You need big stakes. Kansas city stakes has the cuts you crave to celebrate the playoffs and the big game. So visit kansascitysteaks.com slash game day. Save up to $25 on combos that are perfect for game day. Plus get free shipping with co- the code BLEAV. That's right. BLEAV. That's Believe at checkout. Try out the snack pack combo featuring small plates with big flavor like mini beef wellington steak burger sliders, mac and cheese melts, and I don't know, Stephen, do you like maybe some shrimp wrapped in bacon? It's all there with Kansas City Steaks. Every order is flat, flash frozen directly to your door. Satisfaction guaranteed on your money back basically every cut of steak and manageable, plus appetizers, desserts, barbecue, and so much more. Again, it's so ahead of KansasCitySteaks.com slash day and use B-L-E-A-V, B-L-E-A-V, that's Believe at checkout for free shipping. Kansas City Steaks, big games, big taste, big steaks. Coming back to the pod right now, just got a couple more minutes left with Stephen Rodriguez from the Believe in New York Football podcast. Had him on a couple of times this season. We've talked some New York Giants, we've talked some Chicago Bears. We're now in the offseason. We're both two organizations trying to answer a lot of questions right now for you personally, just what is your biggest priority that you would like to see the giants address in the off season? I know Leonard Williams is a free agent. Is the quarterback position, a place that you might look at, is it more on offense? Is it more on defense? What is it exactly that the giants need to do to hopefully get a little bit closer to making the playoffs next year?
0: So I'll just answer the quarterback thing. First, I believe in Daniel Jones and I'll leave it at that. I'm a guy, I believe in Daniel Jones He hasn't gotten a fair shake and last year was very odd. I would have liked to see something happen with Jason Garrett, but it appears he's going to stay and I'm going to bang my head against the wall next year, regardless. So that's okay. Here's how I'm looking at it. The offense needs the most work. We were the second worst offense in the league, But that's not going to change overnight. They need a lot of pieces. They got to draft well again, and they got to get some weapons, whether that's in free agency or not. A guy that we're targeting is Allen Robinson. That's your guy, so I would love it if they could add someone like him. They're linked to Galladay. They're linked to some other guys. Allen Robinson's a big fish I'd really like the Giants to get. But none of that could really happen until they work out the stuff in terms of contracts on the defensive side of the ball. And that's where I want to start. So they shored up Patrick Graham, which is huge. I think he was the lone bright spot. Obviously, him and Judge working together and the addition of Judge was the big thing with this team this year and a key part of the turnaround. So they solidified that, which is fantastic. He's not going anywhere yet, but that was so good. You have to build off that. You can't just have it. And now everyone leaves. And so they have a lot of one-year contracts to deal with um, and a lot of decisions to make, at least with the D tackles in terms of Dalvin Tomlinson, you have Leonard Williams. We have to figure out our edge situation. We have a guy in college fact from the Packers. They got to figure out what they're going to do with him. We have to figure out a corner situation. There's a lot of what ifs and you know the, the cap could look like this if this person signs or this is what they're getting. Leonard Williams is a big one because you don't know if he's getting 17, 18. people are saying 20 like I don't think he's getting 20 million dollars, but those things matter because you can dish those you know you could allocate those funds you know to other places. There's also rumors that maybe they keep both Dalvin and Leonard and Dalvin William uh, Dalvin Tomlinson might take a home t- a hometown deal. So there's a lot of parts with that. but for me that's what worked. And you got to bring those guys back, as many as you can. And I think you saw them try to smarten up and sharpen up during the season to do that. They extended Logan Ryan already, which is huge. So the next big thing is figuring out that defensive line. And once they figure out the decision with Leonard Williams and Dalvin Tomlinson, then we can start worried about the issues with Evan Ingram, if they're going to do anything with him, he's going to be in a contract year this year. You still have Saquon who's coming off an injury. He's going to be in a contract year this year. And like I said, you got to dish out some, you know, money towards getting Daniel Jones some weapons. Or before you know it, he's going to be in a contract year. So, you know, things move fast in the NFL, especially when you talk about these young guys offensively. They, they, All you'll ever hear is that the key to winning and being a successful franchise is doing it when they're young. And so this is the window. The defense is there. Build off that and make your decisions offensively. But if you ask me, Evan Evan Ingram needs to be thrown into a dumpster, shut, and then put onto a ferry or a boat of some sort in the Hudson River here in New York and just shipped to wherever, Madagascar. Never want to see him again. Just (laughs) never in in blue again, please. Yeah, (laughs) podcast
1: listeners couldn't see the face that I made when you brought up Evan Ingram. Look, he's the guy, he is that classic guy that journalists fawn over because wait and see, he'll go to a new team and in the preseason, whatever, the primer that the journalist will write up, he's going to write the most glowing, like this guy, Evan Ingram, he's so talented, he's the X factor. If he could just do this, dot, dot, dot. If he could just provide that, dot, dot, dot. Well, guess what? I got some news for you. He's not going to do that. And I don't think it's for a lack of talent. The dude just can't stay on the field. And even when he is on the field, he's a tight end. Is he the toughest tight end in the galaxy? No, not necessarily. Yo, either.
0: All I had to hear last year, I was like, yo, get rid of Evan Ingram. They're like, oh, we got to see a full season. I haven't seen it since his rookie year. Well, guess what? We saw a full season. He can't catch. He causes turnovers as a receiver or a tight end. He can't do either of those positions better than the other. Can't block. Like, I what is, what is his point? And then the Giants are at 11, and someone they're linked to is Kyle Pitts. And everyone says they don't want another, you know, Evan Ingram type, but like, Truthfully, I would have no problem with it because at this point, it's like, if we, if we ship Ingram out and can get anything for him, mind you, he's our only offensive pro bowler. I have no idea how I have no, he's caused eight interceptions. He's, he's resulted. I've seen a plot graphs of the amount of points he's caused the Giants to leave off the board this season. So if you can still get rid of him, how there's any value for him is beyond me, but if you can there's uh, there's opportunities to like quickly fill it in and change things up but i have no idea if they're gonna cuz the front office loves him and, and just like jason garrett i'm terrified
1: <laughs> that's when I'm guys uh, that's when guys on other teams vote for him cuz they're like oh he really helped us out this season so we're going to cast a vote for him i yeah. wanted to ask you too in terms of the uh, the first round as you said you got the 11th pick coming up we're talking wide receivers and allen robinson uh, you know, I don't know if Devontae Smith is probably going to be there at 11. That doesn't look like that's going to happen at all. But there, are, there's a deep class of wide receivers coming up. So tight end, wide receiver, offensive line, defense, you know, first round. I know we haven't really do- dove into it yet too deeply. It's a ways away. But if you had your preference, where, where should the Giants be targeting?
0: So, yeah, I, I mean, it's funny once upon a time, I thought the giants would make the playoffs and Devontae Smith still hadn't scored three touchdowns every game he played. And I thought maybe, you know, while Jalen Waddle was healthy and he'd be the guy everyone wanted from Alabama, they might get Devontae Smith later in the draft. Well, that's definitely not happening now. He shouldn't make it out of the top 10, but I do think the giants are in a very good spot at 11. Now, ideally if Devontae Smith is the first wide receiver taken, which doesn't look like it might even be the case because Jamar chase is still there. Um, you know, there's some guys that could fall. I mentioned Pitts. I, I think it's too early to take Jalen Waddle. So I, I, I think if they don't get Pitts, um, Chase, if Chase doesn't fall, or Smith, you got to look elsewhere. Where that is, is a big question. I, I'm i not 100% certain. I, I still think, I still think as much as we need weapons, if they address it and getting a guy like Allen Robinson, you can wait and push back and maybe get Waddle or trade up for him or get a guy like Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota. There's a lot of receivers in this class similar to last year's draft. And so maybe you go offensive line again. Maybe you go corner. I don't love the idea of taking a corner, but build. Just just build that infrastructure and just go from there because that's how you win. I mean, ultimately, that's how you win in my Well, opinion. and what
1: I've noticed, too, over the last couple of years with the draft is it's become so quarterback-centric. You know, every single year, like right now, what our mock draft is, it's going to change. These quarterbacks are going to move up higher and higher and higher. I mean, Mac Jones right now projected in the 20s. He could be in the teens in the next couple of months. So what ends up happening and why I think you guys are in a good spot at 11 is every single year, some cream of the crop elite player just gets nudged a couple of spots because someone takes Trey Lance at eight. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? And that happens every single year. And I think that's how, you know, the Aaron Donalds of the world fall to 11 and 12. You know, that's how that kind of stuff happens. So you guys might be in a situation where, you know, the draft board doesn't actually look like the mock draft board. Some of these quarterbacks move up. Maybe someone trades in. We'll see what happens with the Deshaun Watson situation, whether that trade gets involved in that top three, top five category. I and mean, you guys might be able to get a steal. And if it is an offensive line, you know, you should just go for it. Right.
0: Yeah, well, I, I think you hit it on the head. That's something I talk about all the time. I mean, people drop in the draft endlessly. You don't even know until draft day. I believe Laramie Tunsell fell to 11. He was the best lineman in the draft until draft day. He got caught smoking a bong and then fell to 11, 12. Now people are trading first round picks for him, you know, a la the Houston Texans. And that's why they got to trade Deshaun Watson to allocate more assets back. So it's crazy how things come full circle. But yeah, I, I think you hit it on the head. I, the Giants should be in a best player available situation, in my opinion. I, I don't think they're you know, world beaters by any means. I think there's plenty of holes. I think defensively, we don't necessarily need to spend the pick there in the first round, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants do. I do have confidence in Joe Judge and even Patrick Graham knowing their schemes and knowing their systems. Last year, I think they hit the hit the draft out of the park. I mean, they found something out of players in the seventh, the fourth. You know, we got guys like Darnay Holmes giving us stuff, Tate Crowder. So, you know, as much as I love the first round pick, we still have all our assets um, in the later round. So that stuff excites me just as much. I, as long as they don't mess it up. No Eric Flowers. No Eric Flowers. No, I'm, I'm saying it now. It's January. Please, I can't do it. No Eli Apples. I my, I can't take it. Like, can we be the team that capitalizes when people fall? Like the Rams got, you said, Aaron Donald. They got Todd Gurley because the Giants drafted one of those two guys. So it's like, it's like can that happen one time? Like one time, please.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if uh, you're going to be so lucky. I mean, all I know is that, you know, the Chicago Bears went to the playoffs and I would probably say that the Giants are probably on more stable footing and stable ground right now than probably our organization heading into next year. And it's funny how it works. You know what I mean? And it's just going to be a matter of what, you know, what are, what are the Bears going to do at 20? Who knows?
0: What What are your thoughts with, I mean, I mean, cause they're bringing back Nagy. So, obviously, with my thing with Nagy is that it's always been Mitch's fault. So, Mitch is obviously probably going to be the first one to go. Like, I, yeah, he, he's gone. So, it's always been Mitch's fault. And it's a shame because I think he had balled out at the end of the season for you guys. Even in that playoff game, I, he didn't drop that pass in the end zone. So, I, I do think Mitch got a bad rap. I'm not saying he's great, but he got a bad rap from the get. And it's because of the Mahomes and the Watsons in that draft. He, he was just, and they traded up to get him. He was set up for failure from the bears from the beginning, in my opinion. So, I mean, what, do you, what are you going to do there? I mean, are you looking at trading up to get a quarterback or what, it, what, is the what, so what is the answer? We only
1: have, we only have so many doors that we can open up. I mean, our salary cap is pretty screwed. I'm in agreement with you that Trubisky didn't really get a fair shake, but also we could kind of see that ceiling and the ceiling wasn't very high and we just didn't know we can get very far from him. So I'm actually kind of happy that we're getting a clean break from that. It's not really like that strange. I don't know if he goes off and has a decent career somewhere. I don't think we're going to be shedding any tears if that happens, but we only have so many doors that we can open. You know, door number one is the obvious one that everyone talks about. You mortgage the future for Deshaun Watson and everyone's like, don't trade draft capital. You can't do that. Well, one, we're not great at first round picks as you just alluded to with the giants. You know what I mean? Like, how many Eli apples are you going to take before you go, hey, we should have just taken Deshaun Watson and we could take a couple of years off of first round picks and then we're cool. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So there's that route. Moving up in the draft makes me super nervous because, again, this is the guy who had the hands on the wheel when he decided Trubisky was better than Watson and Mahomes. So going up, and I don't even care who it is, if it was a Trey Lance, if it was a Zach Wilson, I think Chicago Bears fans in general would immediately be skeptical the other one is the scary one. The third one is that they do nothing. They roll with Nick Foles and they just they just hope that they're 7 and 8, 7 and 9, whatever it is and they move it on. The other one is which I think could possibly be pretty likely is they look at it and they go, "Hey, we're pretty screwed, but we still have a guy named Khalil Mack on our team. He's got two or three good years left. We still have some talented pieces on defense. The pieces that we do like on offense, there aren't many, but they're very young." so they go out and they do like the they do the Matt Ryan for a fourth rounder. Um I don't see Matt Stafford just cuz it's in division. I know that's been rumored a little bit, but I'm kind of looking at a guy like a Matt Ryan comes in and he goes, "Hey, we got we got two years to be competitive and be a little bit better. Hopefully maybe we can draft our young quarterback at that time and sort of usher it in and be a, a stable place. Bears fans don't really want to hear that cuz it sounds like you're just kind of like You know, the wheels are just turning in the mud, which is kind of what it is. But unless we hit Watson, that's pretty much what I think the Bears are dealing with moving forward. And that's a very unstable place. And unfortunately, it's not what Bears fans want to hear, which is why I think we're so upset and why we wanted to see change. We're not getting change. And, you know, until honestly, the pandemic clears up and everything, I don't know. There's going to be some organizations that aren't going to be willing to put their chips in the middle of the table. Until the, you know, until the sky's clear a little bit and we get back to not normalcy, but, you know, fans in the stands, you know, the same way that we consume our sports gets a little bit closer to what it was.
0: Well, it's a big part of, you know, them making money, at least ownership, you know here's my issue with the bears though, Matt Nagy fine, but Ryan Pace, like I'm very surprised. I'm very surprised by that more than Nagy. I, cause like, I've seen the, like I cover the jets on the New York football pod. So I'm, I deal with organizations that are just like caught in like a trance of just like, this guy eventually will figure it out. He knows offense. It's like, well, he can know offense, but it doesn't mean you're going to have a winning team, you know, with him as your head coach. So Ryan Pace is more of the baffling thing because it's PTSD, him trading up. Him doing anything would be terrifying. I think Bears fans almost want them to do nothing, but they need them to do something. So you had a bit of a crossroads there. Um, but you do have a lot on that defensive side of the ball. I think you got to restructure that offensive line. I think that's a big thing too with the Bears. I, I felt like that offensive line struggled a lot this year. Um, at least from what I was accustomed to seeing, because the name of the game for them at this point, regardless if it's Nick Foles or not, is going to be run the damn ball. I, I mean, the Bears Bears going to have to run the ball, whoever the quarterback is. I would be surprised if you got someone like Zach Wilson. He looks exact. He would be the like the mimicking version of Mitch Trubisky. Like keep Mitch Trubisky if you're going to take. I love Zach Wilson. I think he's a great prospect, but. I
1: don't think like, he's a, fr- I don't think he's a franchise. He I, I don't like the whole thing too, where he's just suddenly gotten good over the last year. You know what I mean? I, yes. we, just, we need a little bit more of a baseline. I'd actually be cooler with a guy like, like a Mac Jones, than probably like a Zach Wilson. I mean, that's to be real with you in terms of the offensive line. What they did was they had four, they had a couple of like fifth rounders, six rounders become starters when mm-hmm. we went 12 and four. And then the GM Ryan Pace thought he was really smart and he just gave them money under market value but the sixth rounder was like hell yeah i'll take that money and now they're now it's a sixth round offensive line you know why
0: you're in cap hell that's why that's why you're saying you have issues with the cap that makes a lot of sense i yeah i I haven't followed it that closely so that adds up the other thing too i was gonna note i think a team to a quarterback there's this has nothing to do with the bears or the giants but i really like because you mentioned matt ryan to get traded to the bears i see him moving because i've been talking about this for months I think Justin Fields to Atlanta makes too much sense. I think it makes so much sense. I think if you look how the first round's gonna, you know, kind of line up, at least early on with the Jets and the Dolphins and things like that. It just makes too much sense. I think he's gonna be there for them. It'll be the perfect value for Atlanta. And it's it's Matt Ryan's time to kind of leave that ship. I he's had a good run. I know he's an Atlanta guy, but they're not the same. And I think Justin Fields immediately ignites that offense. I mean, really brings him back to uh what the heck they had going on because you, you bring a guy like Justin Fields and what he can do again, game manage. He has a big time arm with Julio, Calvin Ridley, you know, Hayden Hurst and the works that they have there. I think it just works. It makes too much sense. Plus he was a Georgia guy. He went to Georgia at first. He transferred people forget that. I mean, he was sitting behind Jake Fromm. I would have transferred if I sat behind Jake Fromm. so <laughs> um I think he goes back. I, I think he goes back to Atlanta and plays in the Georgia dome. And I think that move makes a lot of sense for them.
1: That's a great call. I can definitely see that being an awesome fit. A lot to figure out too. You know, the jets are maybe looking at a quarterback, but maybe they're trading Deshaun Watson. You know, maybe the quarterback where those guys are going to slot into this NFL draft is totally up in the air and plenty of time to talk about it for sure. Stephen Rodriguez, the host of believe in New York football, man. Thank you so much for joining. Once again, always great to talk to you, man. Thank you for your advice, your insight and your picks. Good to see you. Hope we can do it again soon.
0: Yeah. Thanks Joey, man. I'll be back. Well, I'll see
1: hell, you soon. Hell yeah, bro. Uh, Believe in betting. Chicago today was brought to you by Kansas city Stakes.com backslash game day. Make sure you use the promo code B L E A V to get $25 off and some free shipping as well. This episode is also brought to you by BetAline.ag. All the spreads and all the totals and all the lines that we we're giving you today. Go to better Those are the numbers that are on that board right now. Thank you so much for joining the pod today. We're coming back with a lot more great stuff the rest of the week, but until then be well, be safe, be good to each other. We will talk soon.